On the first day of Christmas, my cool love gave to me a trip to the mortuary. On the second day of Christmas, my cool love gave to me two murderous shoves and a trip to the mortuary. On the third day of Christmas, my cool love gave to me three lethal blows, two murderous shoves and a trip to the mortuary. On the fourth day of Christmas, my cool love gave to me four thousand volts, three lethal blows, two murderous shoves, and a trip to the mortuary. On the fifth day of Christmas, my cool love gave to me five mortal wounds, four thousand volts, three lethal blows, two murderous shoves, and a trip to the mortuary. On the sixth day of Christmas, my cool love gave to me. Disembowling five mortal wounds. Four thousand hogs, three lethal blows, two murderous shelves, and a trip to the mortuary. Oh! On the seventh day of Christmas, my ghoul love gave to me seven werewolves howling, sixteen disemboweling, five mortal wounds. Four thousand hogs, three lethal blows, two murderous shelves, and a trip to the mortuary. On the eighth day of Christmas, my cool love gave to me eight manglers mangling, seven werewolves howling, six creatures embowling, five mortal wounds. Four thousand three lethal blows, two murderous shelves, and a trip to the mortuary. On the ninth day of Christmas, my cool love gave to me nine stranglers strangling, eight manglers mangling, seven werewolves howling, six fiends disembowling, five mortal Kitties and welcome to Horrors from the Vaults. You might be saying, Hunter, that's not your introduction. What's going on here? And to that I say, hold up, because we're, we're going to tell you all about it. But before I can tell you all about it, let me go ahead and introduce my right-hand man. What's going on, Devilish Dan? Yo, right-hand man right here. We might be missing a left-hand man, but I'm sure we'll get into that in a second. We're, we're missing the left-hand man this week, Mr. Petrified Preston. You know, the three of us, we had a talk recently where we were just like, look, these 
Whew, these listeners, they are just kicking the shit out of us. We, we've done 14 encores and we just we can't keep up. We got to take a holiday break. We got to take a break. Seriously, what's happened is just unfortunately due to holiday season scheduling and everything that's going on around this very busy time of the year. We said, hey, you know what, rather than put out something that might be of a lesser quality or, or uh, unfortunately, not all of us could make it, let's just take a little bit of a holiday hiatus, but we will be back. What we're doing tonight is Dan and I, we've gotten together and we've just collected three things that while you're not listening to horrors from the vault and uh, once again we're sorry for breaking your hearts here's things you can do to to occupy that void things to entertain you with you know what else you can do besides the things we're going to talk about is maybe if you came to us a little late or skipped an episode here and there guess what it's podcast land those all live in perpetuity so you can go back and catch up or re-listen to some of your favorites Realism. Good stuff. Look, uh, this is going out a week after Foresighted Triangle, and reactions for that episode have been all (laughs) over the place. Some people are calling it our best episode ever. I'll let you be uh, the the guide uh, on that one. But I will say, very special shout out to our friend slash mortal enemy, one Mr. John Sebastian, Mm. for recording that commercial break for us. It came out even more beautiful than I could possibly imagine. And, uh, yeah, thanks again, John. Yeah, thanks, John. <laughs> this beef goes back a long way. <laughs> For those who aren't aware, John and yes. I hate each other, <laughs> even though we hang out whenever I'm in town. So, Right, right. And then even then, we were, um, this is John. Uh, John does a, the Call of Cthulhu mystery program, by the way. So go check them out and all the stuff on his network um, over there. But anyways, uh, yes, I was like, Dan wrote this. I know who's going to have to read it, Mr. John Sebastian. And, and he, he showed it. He actually sent me two versions. And the countryfied version that we ended up using for the ad there was uh, his, uh, I believe it was in quotation marks, the colonel reading. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, Dan, yeah, any anything to give to the the poor listeners out here looking like Tiny Tim right now? They're going to be so malnourished while we're away. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty to do. Like I said, catch up. We, we got some lists of what to watch, what to eat. Um, I mean, I put what to eat. I, I know you're, you're probably more of the, the watch thing. But yeah, we got some recommendations coming up for you. All right. So yeah, let's get holly jolly. Let's go down into the Christmas themed catacombs and kick it up with Crypt Keeper as we're about to dive into three, well, technically six things we think you should be checking out this holiday season. I hate to ask, but do you mind if I start first? Absolutely. Go ahead, because I, I have a feeling I know a few of where you're going, and if you don't go where I think you're going, I can jump in. So, uh, Well, I, you know, I, I, there was an obvious one that had to be on this list for a couple of different reasons. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and if you are listening to Horrors from the Vault, you have definitely already seen this, but in case you have not... Uh, I want to talk very briefly. Uh, This is my favorite Christmas movie of all time. 
And once again, I think it's very appropriate for you HFTV listeners. I'm talking about Scrooge. Once again, pretty well known. But I was looking on Letterboxd recently. And I was like, huh, it's just kind of my my tool where I can check out metrics and see, okay, has this movie, is this a popular movie? Is this not as well known of a movie? And Scrooge, it's done okay. It's It's got about 130,000 logs. But then I started looking around. Home Alone, 1.3 million logs. Even Claws, uh, the, the animated movie that Netflix put out a couple years ago, which is really sweet and really cute. Go check it out. 375 million on that one. Elf has almost a million. It's at like 900,000. So the point is, Scrooge is not on the same level as Christmas Vacation. It's on the level of the other ones I've mentioned. It's kind of close to the Santa Claus starring Tim Allen. But if you're not familiar with Scrooge, you do know who directed it. And we are talking about Mr. Richard Donner. And, and where would we know him from, Dan? Do you, do you know anything he's worked on? Uh, I think he did at least a few episodes and maybe fully produced uh, Tales from the Crypt that we talk about every week. You know, I think you're on to that. I was looking for Goonies, but yes, you're oh, totally yeah. right. <laughs> also Goonies. There you go. Take a sip of the eggnog. But yes, that's why you should definitely be familiar with Scrooge. But once again, if you're not, if you love Tales from the Crypt, this is the perfect Christmas movie for you because it's just a delightful not quite macabre, but there's certain elements of that um, on this twist of the classic Dickens uh, story of A Christmas Carol. It's Bill Murray. He does one of the best closing monologues I think I've ever heard in my entire life in this movie. It's funny. There's a bit of that horror element with his old boss. He's gross. The makeup effects are incredible. It makes me laugh every time. And in fact, when I finish recording tonight... I'm going to go pop it in and watch it because I've got a hot new 4K disc, which apparently is pretty good. And I, I can't wait to watch one of my favorites in stunning ultra high definition, Dan. Man, yeah, uh, I'm tempted to pop my disc in after we're done here too tonight. So, uh, yeah, if you haven't seen Scrooge, goddamn, go see Scrooge because it's fantastic. Also, if you're a rabid listener of Horace from the Vault, yeah, there's some people in there that might be popping up uh, that we're going to talk about in January. So, uh, yeah, check it out. I can't say enough. You, you, you nailed it. I mean, I can't say anything better. It's, it's fantastic. It's hilarious. It's gross. It's grim, um, but also charming. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's 80s in the best possible way. It's my favorite. I had to give it a shout out, and I could have left it off the list, but I was like, come on, the connections are too strong. I've got to come out the gate talking about Scrooge. If you hadn't put it on the list, it was at the top of mind to get covered just in case. But I've had a feeling that was going to be on yours. Perfect. All right. You want me to go with my first one? Hit me. All right. I'm going to go a little weird here. Um, it's one that's been getting a lot of traction lately. Uh, it's available on some streaming services like Shudder. Uh, so people have started to get some eyeballs on it. And it is the British zombie musical Anna and the Apocalypse. Guys, we were just talking about, um, you know, some some charm, Christmas charm mixed with horror, mixed with darkness, which is what the Brits do best is, you know, kind of that horror element around Christmas time. Uh, that's what they're known for. For some reason, they love uh, Christmas horror stories. And this is one of the best ones that have come out in the last few years. Like I said, it's a uh, British zombie musical around Christmas time. Uh, the music's all done by the people that did the music for the Animaniacs revival from a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah, and it's great. Uh, there's some some young talent in here. It's 
gotten compared to Disney's High School Musical, which I can kind of understand, but also it it knew that was going to happen, and it features a few songs that kind of take a nod at that whole thing of, hey, we know we're in a movie and this is silly, but not life isn't like a movie. It doesn't always end up like a movie. And um, maybe the uh, the movie has a, a bittersweet ending as well. But yes, that's and in the apocalypse. Go check it out. Uh, it's tough to find uh, physically, but digitally should be easy. Like I said, it's on Shutter. I believe this movie was famously uh, kind of quoted as Shaun of the Dead meets La La Land. And that's <laughs> absolutely that's, fair. Yeah. yeah, that's completely fair. If you love Shaun of the Dead or just zombie entertainment, this definitely needs to be at the uh, towards the top of your list this Christmas slash holiday season. Uh, it's a really fun one. I watched it on Shutter myself a couple years ago, probably... 2019 or so and it's been one i'm gonna be honest Dan. i haven't watched it every holiday season just because there's so much i have to hit during this time of year but it is a good one and it is one that i definitely recommend and i'm glad that it's finding a little bit of a reputation as the years go by yeah uh and if you don't feel like giving it a full watch, a full commitment of your time, like you said, we're all busy during the holidays, especially trying to fit in all our annual favorites. Uh, at least give the soundtrack a listen. It's available on Spotify. I'm sure Apple Music, all that good stuff. Uh, no such thing as a happy as a Hollywood ending is the banger track to listen to. Definitely. And it makes a good uh, I would say it makes a good double feature with any of your other favorite horror comedies for this time of year like i could totally see you doing this and then doing a uh i don't know everybody watches gremlins let's say you you go from this into krampus i i feel like that would be a good movie night yeah i would love that yeah um another movie pick is one that i watched not too long ago for the first time and i wanted to bring it up because I definitely want more people to check it out in a total change from the first two picks that we, we've talked about. Um, this one I actually watched because it is part of the Criterion collection and it got added a couple years back and I kept hearing people talk about this movie and I was like, all right, you know what? Barnes and Noble sale. Let's go in. Let's watch this thing. And I want to say I watched this um just a couple days after last Christmas. And I've been thinking about it a lot again. I'm talking about the movie Make Way for Tomorrow. Um, This movie is 86 years old. So it is quite long in the tooth. And that's appropriate because it's actually this really sad drama movie about this elderly couple. And basically, they've reached the point in their lives where they cannot live on their own anymore. But the five children that they've had, none of the kids want to take in both of the parents. And this leads to huge drama debate. Hey, I can take this one, but I can't take this one. Can you take them on this time of year? So on and so forth. But it's an incredibly sweet, but also uh, just one of the saddest things you have ever seen. And I think like Christmas is not only the season of joy, it's it's very melancholy and sad at times, too. And I think that even though this isn't an outright Christmas movie, it captures that emotion perfectly. It's it's awesome. It will definitely tug at your heartstrings. And uh, while it's a little bit of an oddball pick here, I want more people to check this one out. And uh, frankly, if you're not crying into your mold wine by the end of it, I'm going to wonder what's wrong with you. I've never heard of this, to be honest with you. And it looks interesting. 
And the director also directed a movie called Satan Never Sleeps, and that's a hell of a fun title. So now it's got my attention there, too. Yeah, it I'm is. definitely going to check this out. This looks cool. Check it out. It is 92 minutes, so it doesn't overstay its welcome, but it is so sweet. If you especially love old school Hollywood like uh, Capra, um, this is one of the movies that famously made him weep at the end of it. And I I mean, he's considered one of the kings of this entire subgenre. If this movie could move him and tug at his heartstrings after making, I mean, some incredible <laughs> stuff like It's a Wonderful Life, yeah. I don't know what higher praise I can give you. Yeah, it's great. All right, uh, I'm going to go into my next one. So I was going between two, and we mentioned double features, but I'm going to skip that one. I was going to say uh, do a Bob Clark double feature with Black Christmas and A Christmas Story, because that's a lot of fun. Ooh, but, that is fun. Yeah, I like so, that. Yeah, Honorable do that. mention. Yeah, do that. Uh, but the next night, uh, also watch Love Actually, which uh, recently t- earlier tonight shocked Hunter on how much I love Love Actually. It did. Yeah. Uh, so this one's got sort of a falling out of the limelight the past few years for whatever reason. Um, it's obviously, problematic, Dan. It's yeah, it's, problematic. I know it's problematic, but you know what? It's I like real, it too. It's real. I like it too. too. Yeah. <laughs> there, there are some people doing problematic things in there. And guess what? Love is messy. So there's going to be some people doing bad things at times. Um, but it's got a stellar cast uh, with great interlocking stories. I've already said a couple times about, you know, those types of stories. That's my jam. I love it when a bunch of stories are, you know, could stand alone, but then you see characters pop up here and there and other people's stories. That's, that's fantastic. Uh, it's absolutely romantic. And some of the stories flirt with being too cheesy. Uh, Uncle Jamie's story. It Let's be honest. It kind of sucks. Um, but it's, it's great romance without being too schmaltzy uh mr bean is in it which is always great rowan atkinson um it also gets a little dark in parts as well uh not all of the love stories end up like a typical happy ending that you would expect from a christmas movie again just like the brits like to do on christmas they like to get a little dark um so that's my two british recommendations obviously which is i didn't expect going into this but uh that's what i landed on I feel it in my fingers. Oh, yeah. Hey, Bill, Bill <laughs> Nye. So speaking of Shaun of the Dead, too, there's a Shaun of the Dead connection. Bill uh, we Nye. can connect all these because my next pick, you might actually go, oh, Ooh. fuck yeah, the way that all this connects. But yeah, I agree. We just watched it because it just celebrated its big 20th anniversary, which is awesome. Like, And yep. the fact that, I mean, people complain about this movie all the time. You are firmly divided in a camp of you either really like it or love it. Or you outright hate this thing. And I am definitely in the camp where I really enjoy it. It's a fun time. Um, it is a worthy Christmas classic. And uh, none of the discourse is going to get me down. Because whenever Billy Mac is singing Christmas is all <laughs> around, I am feeling it in my fingers and in my toes. I also went on a strange mandate with one of my uh, lifelong hetero manmates, uh, Henry, uh, my, fr- my friend Henry, to see this. We went. Uh, I believe we went to Golden Corral, and then we saw this, and then we almost got in an accident on the way home, which would have been the perfect heartbreaking romantic way to die is <laughs> in, in, a, in a truck car accident on an icy road uh, driving back to Kent, Ohio. 
It's so funny you brought up uh, Jamie's story, and uh, we just watched this, uh, my girlfriend and I, and that was her favorite story. Really? Uh, the the two, yes, the the two lovers separated with their 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 language gap, and yeah, then navigating that. It's so you know, it's so on the nose and rom com. I think she like completely invested in that one. That was yeah. her favorite one. What is your favorite one? My favorite one, I actually love the message of uh, our rock star and his manager mm-hmm. realizing love can be platonic and your perfect person is not necessarily yeah. your romantic person. It's the person that you can tolerate being around and when they're gone, you miss them. 100%. That's my favorite one too. Like it, it's, it's, it's probably the oddest of the stories and it gets probably like the least kind of focus. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's the one that that is most appropriate for the season of, hey, family is where you find it. Yeah, yeah. I also, I think the Colin story is actually hilarious. Like, that absolutely works mm-hmm. for me in 2000s comedy standards. Like, the fact that I am unattractive in my home country, <laughs> so I'm going to go somewhere else so I can be exotic and appealing, and it actually pays off. Like, I love it. <laughs> you don't have a, a cute British accent. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I love when they're all sitting around the table at the bar, and then they're reciting various different things. Yeah. Oh, it's so much fun. Say this word. (laughs) Well, I said you might be a little surprised by my Mm -hmm. next pick. I'm going to go ahead and lay it out here and we'll we'll see how you feel. Uh, Because my next uh, my my, well, I guess my final selection in Bruges. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Die Hard Christmas, Die Hard Christmas that, Die Hard whatever. Look, if you're tired of Die Hard or or really just hearing about it, because we all like Die Hard to a certain (laughs) level, right? Like some of you love it a little too much. I'm recommending this one. And especially because uh, Mr. Bruges here celebrating its 15 year anniversary. You got Colin Farrell. You got Brendan Gleeson. Mm -hmm. You got Ralph Fiennes. And look, last year, everyone, including myself, we were losing it over Banshees of Inishir. And as a mopey, sad Irish individual, I mean, that was my movie of the year. Banshees like really cemented and skyrocketed in this really one of my favorite movies of all time. One but, of the funniest lines of last year, too. That that bit about the the truck. Oh yeah. For Holy sure. shit. Uh, that that movie will will throw you around. And I yeah. think this one does too. Because once again, playing by Die Hard rules, this is a movie that is set at Christmas instead of being a Christmas movie. But kind of like I, I made this argument for Make Way for Tomorrow, it's ultimately about rediscovering happiness and your personal joy and just getting out of the depression and like the dark pit that you found yourself in. It's, it's about re uh, revitalizing and, and, and putting your lamp, you know, you're, you're lighting the candle again. And I think that's really what Christmas is all about. And the, the themes of forgiveness that kind of run through this whole thing, it's just incredibly sentimental and, and holiday in that texture Instead of being an outright Christmas movie, you know, uh, I think it's hilarious. It's gloomy. It's melancholy. But it, it, there's that optimism and that energy to it that I, I think really is kind of catapulted. it. I actually just read an article within the last week where they're like, hey, for its 15 year anniversary, 
we need to talk about this as one of the better Christmas holiday movies. And I am 100% in agreement. I think this needs to be on more people's lists. And I might watch this tonight along with my Scrooge showing. I don't know, but it's it's time. And uh, I guess it's also fresh in the memory because Kino put out a great new 4K copy of the movie. So it's sitting on my shelf. I'm looking for an excuse to pop it in. I saw that 15 years ago, and I don't believe I've seen it since, but I remember enjoying it. I, I'm saying give it another go, especially knowing um, th- that you like the the creative team involved with this one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I fully support, you know, Christmas movies being Christmas movies just because they are set around Christmas, not necessarily because they're about people doing Christmas things. Stuff like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Hugo, things like that, where yeah, they're, they're completely appropriate to watch around this time of year, even though they don't have a fucking carolers and shit in them yeah 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 the apartment you can kind of lump in there uncut gems christmas movie holiday classic i watch it twice a year buying things out of your price range (laughs) and (laughs) it's about i mean look the first episode of the simpsons yeah uh homer goes to watch the greyhounds race and that's how they end up with santa's little helper helper look if you love your children and you want to give them the best Christmas ever. You need to be out gambling on Christmas Eve. You're always going to win on Christmas Eve. It's Dustin. Did you know that 99.8% of gamblers give up right before their big win? Yeah. Don't be a don't be a quitter. Keep gambling. <laughs> <laughs> this is terrible advice. <laughs> Love Dan and Hunter. Happy holidays, everyone. <laughs> what, what's what's up last on your list, Dan? All right. So. We did a bunch of movies. I threw a couple extras in there just for fun. While you're watching these movies, y'all going to need something to eat. It's true. I'm hungry right now. In that mouth. And you know what you should put in that mouth while you're watching shit? Try some of that gross, quote unquote, old, nasty, old timey food that gets a bad rap. I'm talking about fruitcake. I'm talking about eggnog, shit like that. Listen, these are Christmas staples for a reason. They are actually delicious. Fruitcake is a sweet bread packed with dried fruits and nuts. That sounds delicious to me. Eggnog (laughs) is sweet, spicy, creamy. It can be a bit boozy if that's your thing. If you make that choice, they they go great together. The fruitcake gets a dense pasty in your mouth. You wash it down with some eggnog. Mm, It's delicious. So, but I will say, I will say, don't get the cheap stuff that's part of why they have such a bad reputation is because it got mass marketed and there's cheap shit out there and it's bad get good quality don't get that pre-mixed nog that's sitting in the beer and wine section that's all warm some of it's left over from last year it's dusty as shit Get the real stuff that's in the dairy. <laughs> Add your own booze. I like to put just a little bit of fireball in there, maybe a little bourbon. Depends what I got hanging around. Or drink it without it. It's delicious without it. If if you don't do the drinking thing, that's fine too. But goddamn, try some of these. They're great. Fruitcake, delicious. Eggnog, delicious. Uh, also, Aldi's got a good selection of like really strange German confections. They're like, one's got like shortbread cookie with an apricot filling that's covered in chocolate. They're delicious. There's some weird Christmas shit out there. And I suggest you go get some weird Christmas shit that you think is gross but probably isn't. I love it. I love it. That's great. So all I've heard is that I need to make some, some jello salad 
um like like it's 1948 in here the, like with the like fruit and shit in it yeah yeah, yeah with like lettuce mm. in it there's like do you know there's like savory jello recipes i don't want that I'm no i don't want that either. yeah i'm not <laughs> it was not a thing that yeah, no. yeah yeah no i'm not um, saying jello with lettuce in it i'm saying like traditional like old timey like scrooge mcduck ambrosia salad not not ambrosia salad a guy that's got what, Edward Scissorhands on the mind. Yeah, that's Edward Scissorhands. That's what my, my Aunt Linda makes ambrosia salad, and it's not good. Dan, as a uh, join me over here in the former fat boy slash sort of current fat boy <laughs> squad, there ain't nothing better at Christmas time than a cheese ball. Oh, fuck yeah. Cheese, but dude, I fuck with a cheese ball. I make this one. It's delicious. It's got just a shit ton of butter and cream cheese and brie and blue oh. cheese. It's good. I don't know why I got to get off this call. I got to go get me a cheese ball. (laughs) Those like weird port wine cheese balls. Those are delicious. Yeah. I am. I am all down for cheese balls of any variety. Um, I don't know why you would be against a big ball of cheese. Yeah. I mean, really, it's it's the perfect food. And you you don't have to supplement your diet whatsoever. If you have a couple of those bad boys, like you're set. Yeah, you could run all day on like half a cheese ball. I want to give uh, host of the network, uh, main figurehead of the Neo Zaz podcast network, where Horace from the Vault is graciously hosted. Uh, we got into a debate recently, me and Mr. Uh, Matt Hunsworth. And uh, basically, the debate came down to are the Little Debbie Christmas tree cakes oh. the same as zebra cakes? And I was like, well, Sort of. And I want to read his text message here because he was very passionate about it. Mm -hmm. And I said, I I mean, they aren't wrong that that they're different. And uh, in all caps, yes, they are. Zebra cakes have chocolate drizzle. Xmas cakes have white chocolate drizzle and green sugar crystals. Mm -hmm. Christmas cakes give a greater ratio of side chocolate coating per bite. All of this has been well documented and published in various (laughs) circles. I will I will I will a hundred percent agree with them. Those green glitter crystals uh, really help to make it and I the shape of it with the weird triangles on the side, it catches more of the white frosting oh. in each in each little cranny, which true fat boy thoughts. I'm liking see, this. Adds yeah. to the frosting to cake ratio. I I bought three boxes of those so far this season and a box of the uh cherry cordials. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My mom will tear through a box of those. No mm-hmm. problem. It doesn't even matter for where from. You like a nice set, a, uh, a, a like a dollar store cherry cordial. It doesn't fucking matter. Like it's yeah. game over if those are in the building. Have you tried um, the, the, the chocolate cherry or the, um, what the shit? Uh, they're like cherry cola cherry cordials. I have not, but now I want them. They have them at Walmart this year, so you can go find them there. Oh, I got to get on this. I mean, I got to go stock up on Christmas Captain Crunch before it's too late anyways. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, one other little honorable mention I'm going to toss out right at the end here. If you need just a little something, you don't have time for a movie. Did you know that in the real Ghostbusters, uh, Peter Venkman accidentally captures uh, the ghosts of Christmas past, <laughs> Christmas true. present, and Christmas future. It's true. This yeah. happened. Um, they are zapped back in time to the 1837 England period when this would be taking place. And uh, unfortunately, 
this completely fucks with the timeline and Scrooge is a major asshole because the <laughs> Ghostbusters showed up and took away his chance at redemption. Um, it's a mess. It's super fun. You can watch it on YouTube. Go find it. The real Ghostbusters. The episode is called Xmas marks the spot. Nice. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Dan, it's been fun, my dude. It's uh, I'm a little sad knowing that we're going to take a little break. I mean, we're still going to talk to each other. Just people won't be able to hear it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the show will just be for us. No one yeah. else. This is a we, we knew we were going to take a holiday break. We're just going to be away a little bit longer than we planned. Hopefully this will tide you over it. Dan, thanks for being here, my man. Merry Christmas, buddy. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Cool Yule, all that good shit. All that fun stuff. So for Horrors from the Vault, from myself, Dan, and Petrified Preston, just remember, if you can feel it in your fingers and you can feel it in your toes, then it must be time for you to go get a cheese ball because them bitches are delicious. I feel it in my fingers. I feel it in my toes. Christmas is all around me And so the feeling grows It's written in the wind Everywhere I go So if you really love Christmas made